When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk, the podcast for anybody interested in knives, whether you're a maker, a chef, or just somebody with an interest in sharp things. This is the podcast for you. New episodes every single Monday morning with myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Mareko Marmasi of Marmasi Fire Arts, and Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. Three knife makers here to try to entertain you. Can you believe it's the middle of October already? Don't Guys, what do you me. think? The, 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 the last six months have just like flown by. It's unbelievable. Sure. I can't believe it. Crazy. Definitely feeling it in the weather. All of a sudden started getting really cold in the shop in the mornings. Yeah, it feels as if winter's set in a bit now, yeah. yeah. For sure. So, how's the week been, Mareko? What have you been up to? Uh, this last week, I've just been forging steel uh, and for this next order that's coming up. And so, forging steel, got the blade forged, everything heat-treated, you know, all my preheat treat and everything. And and nice. um, and then I've also been... So, I, I, uh, I used to... I don't know if I mentioned this before... Uh, but in the building that I'm in, there used to be a, a biker's bar next door. Uh, uh-huh. They ended up getting kicking out, kicked out because they <laughs> were a little too rowdy. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> uh, but there was still a bar left behind. It was a 16-foot bar. Uh, it had like two 8-foot sections, and so it was 16 feet altogether. And um, we just got some walls put up in the shop on the side that I'm in. That helps isolate my work area uh, from everything else because they're turning the rest of it into like storage and other stuff. And uh, so I spent also a, a, some time moving that bar uh, by myself. Uh, wow. It's a, it a lot of weight, a lot of wood, but I got it in there. Anybody? Uh, are you going to be using the bar? Are you going to be using the bar in your shop? Yeah. So so it's just I'm just going to use it as like a workbench. Big long workbench because right now I use, I do everything at this tiny little desk that's like three feet wide and like eighteen inches deep, and so I do you know all my different like uh, like ugh, I can't even think like putting finishes on the blade or marking the blade or sitting and mm-hmm. drawing like this way I can kind of I don't know maybe it's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing to spread out over this large bar space but i feel like if i have a different station for all these different things then i can just kind of hop around to all of them 
uh, instead It'll be of covered doing them. in shit within <laughs> yeah, within a day. That's probably it exactly. I also have Considering... they have shelves underneath them, and I got two more storage racks. So hopefully that will not happen. And considering it was a biker bar, considering it was a biker bar, I probably was already covered in shit anyway. No, it was actually pretty like nice. Feces. That's surprising. <laughs> It was the Blue Oyster Bar. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so, a whole cut right there. Police yeah, academy. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> otherwise, yeah, the week's been good. Yesterday, uh, we're recording this obviously on Sunday. Uh, yesterday was uh, my presentation or one of my presentations for the Makers Camp. Um, talking Damascus and dry welding. Uh, that, I think it went pretty well. Um, unfortunately my brain's not the most organized. I should have made some notes and I usually do for something like that. And, uh, so there are a couple spots where I kind of got hung up on my thought process, but otherwise I think it went well. The biggest bummer about it though is, uh, Instagram cut me off like in the last whatever, 20, 30 seconds. And it didn't yeah. even like, it just jumped me back to the home screen. It didn't pull me out and say, Ooh, would you like to save this or post it to IGTV or whatever? It didn't give me that option at all. It just oh. disappeared. And so that's gone forever. Uh, I have another presentation today on Sunday. Not that that's helping anybody here on Monday, but anyways, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that doesn't happen again. Um, hmm. They did a yeah. great job. Maker Camp did a great job. I caught some of yours. I caught Jesse's. I caught some of Alex's, Alex Pohl's. Sure. They did a really nice job. It was really fun. It was a really fun thing. And I caught a little bit of yours and then I had to run out, but it was, uh, they did a nice job. I caught a little bit of, uh, skull and spades, 13, Brett McAfee and Jess, I Jess up. I caught a little bit of that. It was a, yeah. it was a nice, it was a nice thing. And I know that they were trying to post it to their stories. It was really kind of a, it was really much cooler than I thought it was going to be. Not that mm, I thought it was sure. going to be cool, but everyone seemed to be really getting into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I caught a little bit of Duresta's, uh bandsaw thing, and he was just knocking out these like shapes and toys in seconds. Right. Yeah. Was, and yeah. I've never seen anybody use a bandsaw like that. It was incredible. Sculpting on the bandsaw. Yes. Yeah. All I could Crazy. think with that, with that like yeah five or six inch clearance, I was like, oh my god, how quickly can you lose a hand? <laughs> mm. Yeah. So then you see his little finger missing. Then you're like, ah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what about, about you, Jeff? Craig? Oh. Me. Oh, right. Okay. Me. I was throwing it back at you. Okay. Um, I had the launch of the Camp Knives on Monday. Um, so 50 spots were available for these Camp Knives, and you could sort of personalize them, that kind of thing. And pretty much there. I think there's like 48 sold. I think there's maybe one or two left now. So really, really pleased. And, and thanks for you guys as well for sharing that as well. I'm sure that helped. But um, it was really nice to see because, you know, traditionally my, my orders have been from from chefs and cooks so this was like a new market for me i suppose um and they've sold really well and feedback has been really good well most of it has been really good um <laughs> what do you mean most of it some people really didn't like my photography <laughs> really didn't oh, like really? my photography <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean um i i thought they were quite arty you know they're quite arty shots but people were like well we, we can't see the knife and i'm like well okay i sort of get your point um, but the, the whole thing is the, the way that I sell these batches are that, I mean, the, the selling for these started months ago. So I, I've mentioned this in the past that I'll start like a, a mailing list and if people are interested in it, they'll jump on the mailing list and they'll get the whole sort of design story, you know, as I'm sort of designing and prototyping, they'll get all these things in, the, in their emails. So you, you're really sort of mm. building a, a sort of a hunger for this knife by the time it's finished and tested. Sure. 
So, you know, so, you know, the, the random images that people may see on social media, if they don't know the context behind it, it can be like, well, what the hell is this, you know? But um, just really pleased with, with the way it went. So, yeah, I think 48 or 49 sold. Really happy with that. I've already ordered in the bits for it. And a lot of it came yesterday. And I forgot about the weight of the, these knives. So um, they're four mil thick. So I've had them laser cut, the, the profiles. Um, and they came yesterday. And just the weight of 55 of these knives, it's unbelievable. It was like struggling to get it, you know, from, you know, my bathroom to... to, <laughs> to <laughs> but seriously, the, the weight, it was, it was crazy. And I thought, Jesus, yeah. But... Um, yeah, I'm excited. So I've got all the handle material in. I've got my pins. I've got the steel in, um, so I can start prepping now, ready for heat treat. So yeah, I'm I'm just really excited to to get my teeth into these. Uh, they're pretty cool. Um, if, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, Craig Lockwood, when he gets mail, he doesn't even open it in the nor He just takes it straight to the bathroom. So the whole joke is, is he brings crates into his bathroom. And opens them in the bathroom. That was why we were laughing. Just it's it's the only sure quiet place are... in the house. There's, there's, yeah. there's two twins running around here, like yeah. little headless chickens. The only quiet place. But um, yeah, I was just really pleased with the week that it's gone really well. Um, also, being prototyping the, the next knife, which is the box cutter. So that you know, I've sold a few of these already as, as sort of rough prototypes. Um, but just dialing that in now to make these into into a product. Um, and having the laser, I can make them quite unique and so on. So I've been playing with different things with that. And yeah, it's been really fun. So things I've learned this week with, with the laser are you can do some really interesting things by masking things off. Um, so the, mm. the labor, laser being a uh, fiber laser doesn't, you know, doesn't cut or engrave certain materials. So if you can use a really thick masking tape... Um, it won't actually go through the masking tape, which is mm. crazy. When it'll go through, you know, two millimeter steel, it'll cut through, but it won't go through tape. So right. by masking off various shapes, you can get these really cool effects. And um, yeah, I'm really excited for, for, you know, using this in quite creative ways in the future. Mm. So that's been my week, basically. Um, again, I've had plenty of time in the shop this week, which has been really nice. Um, that's pretty much it. Been a good one. You're going to make one. a couple extra camp knives, right? Um, I always make a few extra than I need, just in case things go a bit, you know. Yeah, but then you can also sell a couple when you. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I think there will. I'll always do a camp knife, um, but I'm already thinking of how an, an iteration for the future. Um, so um, yeah, I think there will be a slight difference for the next ones. Um, sure. Just to make it easier for me to make. Because there's a, f a few things I've noticed. Oh, if I change that, I'd be able to make them so much quicker, right. so much easier. Well, not that's... necessarily a better knife, not a worse knife, certainly. But, um, you know, it just suits my process and machines that I have a bit better. See, but that's the way that you should be. You should be. I mean, that's, yeah, how, yeah. that's how knife makers need to kind of make those decisions based on, all right, you do a batch of these. If I just change this, then even the, the littlest, that's how you create these evolutions that are you know, sincere and uh, give you better growth. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, these are very, I'd, I'd say these are very affordable. Um, I wouldn't say they're expensive at all. So, you know, I need to make sure that there's still some profit in it for me and the profit comes from, you know, doing them quickly. Right. So these yeah. little iterations that can, you know, speed up my process. And um, I've actually, one of our, our shows brought back, um, they're helping me out with a with a prototype machine that they're working on, which I'll, I'm getting this week. Um, which will help me out dramatically as well with regards to time. 
So I'll be reporting back on that as soon as I'm allowed to. Uh, I'm not sure if they're promoting it yet in any way. So um, as soon as I can, I'll tell you all about this. Sure. But it's one of those things where it'll just take time. It'll it'll take time off um, the process. And if it's you know it's quicker for me to make, it's uh, less inexpensive for me to sell, which is good all around. Sure thing. Those box cutters you mentioned, you said they were prototypes. Do you now that you have that laser? Do you laser on prototype just to kind of define it as part of the I don't process. actually. No, I don't. Um, that would that would be quite nice actually. But I'm finding that I'm doing all my sort of blanks and templates. Mm. Um, I'm writing down like things like the, my laser settings and stuff permanently on the on the templates, so I know everything is. That's a good know, idea. Squirreled yeah. away. Um, my name is on anything metal in the house. My name is now written on it. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> just in case anyone's going to borrow. Spoons. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing, actually. So um, I we we were out yesterday shopping, and um, we were in this like this like catering place, and they were selling like teaspoons, like fifty teaspoons, and they were like so so cheap, and they were just you know just plain teaspoons, like like tasting spoons, I suppose. I'm like, well, I'm going to buy them because I can just laser my logo on them and like give them away free with chef knives, you know, as a little gift inside the box. Oh, that's great. Um, so, you know, little things like that, it opens up uh, possibilities for. So, yeah, it, it, it's really nice. Added value, baby. Look at exactly. you. Look at Better you. Than stickers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I would imagine with back to the masking tape, I was just out of curiosity, is it because there needs to be a ground? Is there is there a ground? Is well, there a ground? There's not a ground um, because um, with, for example, the camp knives, the, the pattern sort of bleeds over the, um, the profile of the blade. You know, it, it sort of right. shoots over. Um, so rather than mark up all, the, all the, the bed of the laser, I just put on a bit of wood. And oh. um, so this was not grounded anyway because they're laying on wood. Um, so, yeah, I'm not quite sure why <laughs> some materials, it, like wood, it won't touch at all. It won't, you would never even think a laser has passed over it. Um, but yeah, steel, you can go sort of two mil deep into steel. So it's, 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 it's about the material and, uh, the, you know, the properties within it. I'm not quite sure how, and I need to probably do some digging, but, um, it works well, well. That... masking tape literally is works as the perfect mask. Sure. Perfect. It sounds like, uh, like an electrical circuit. Like, I think that's what Jeff's getting at. Like if, it, if you break the circuit in some way, either by masking it off with tape or, or like the, if it, the laser hits the wood, nothing happens because there's no. But if it's yeah. sitting but, on the wood, yeah. then it's not completely. But yeah, but it's not anyway. ground. So there's no ground to it, so that it can't be electrical. Oh, so the wood. And... So the whole blade is on the wood. But exactly. Nothing, yes. nothing metal yeah. is touching the blade. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I, I don't know how it works, and you know, it'll work with certain material like perspex. You can you can mark, and you can actually hmm. cut through perspex and kydex. I was doing some. You can do stuff with that as well. Um, but certain materials, wood and paper, it'll burn. If you if you put intense laser on it, for, you know if you keep the laser still and not move, it will burn through. But it's 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 really weird. It's really weird, but it's so beneficial for me. Yeah, yeah, it's quite beneficial. So, Jeff, what about your week? Well, just to tease uh, materials and and electrical circuits, I have a uh, in when we get to dilemmas, I'm going to tease something. We, one of our listeners, Kyle Daly, sent me a message about carbon fiber. So I'll this is a little radio tease for you. Hmm. Okay, cool. Big deal. All right, so... <laughs> Ooh, I can't you, wait. Not you, Kyle. That wasn't, <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't towards you, Kyle. That was towards, you know, all of a sudden, I'm just, you know, carbon fire. We're talking about. All right, so 
thanks to you, Craig Lockwood. Craig Lockwood sent us Christmas gifts, and part of them was these little Perspex blocks. And, and they were so, he's like, I thought you could use these for scales. And when I first got them, they were so small. And I thought, how fucking small are my scales going to be? Yeah, I didn't know what to do with them. And I was like, I was like, he sent me these, like, what are these? Am I supposed to make dice out of these? I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these. And then I was just like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do now with these. Now you get it. Yeah. So I did a couple, uh, I did a couple little liners, not liners, I guess like little stripes on the sides of this, uh, the, the G10. And, and then uh, I really liked them. And then I was talking to uh, my partner, Tony, we were talking about, you know, the future and what we're going to do. And we have these colors, signature scales. And in the past, it's been blue with a green stripe and then a yellow stripe. And it's just like, it's been great for years and it's fine. But now I'm just like, you know, I kind of want to do, I kind of want to do something a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more, set myself apart a little bit. And so I started to do that with, uh, with the blue, green and yellow stripe embed them into the handle on one side. And I want to kind of focus on asymmetrical handles these days. And I, I fooled around with it and he really liked it. And we're going to, Started doing that more often. I got to finish uh, one of the new knives we're going to be making, the Admiral. So I got one out, and it looks great. And I'm really happy with how it came out. And it was a real, you know, when we stopped doing the Cuban knife, it was like there was a void that needed to be filled. But at the same time, I was just like, I just don't want to, I don't want to make the Cuban knife anymore because that was something that I did with Carl when he passed away. It was just like, I'm not, you know, I have other tricks in my trade and i can figure something else out so when i designed the 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 admiral i really wanted it to be an evolution of the knives i've done before in terms of it's got the very similar a lot of similarities to the k-tip that i do and there's a lot of similarities and then i really kind of wanted to make the tip of the tip of the knife at a different point in the center line of the knife and i created this uh kind of evolution that i'm really really happy with and i got to knock one out and uh I was really happy with how it turned out. So that's it looks like, impressive. It looks lethal. yeah, like the Cuban did. You looked at that and you thought that looks like a lethal kitchen knife. It's, this one's got that quality too. That yeah, it's you, super. You don't, you don't fuck with this. I appreciate that. I don't fuck with this. So I, I, I'm gonna <laughs> fuck with it some more. But I'm pretty. Ha- I'm pretty happy with how it came out. I actually liked. I like. Uh, I the the Cuban knife. There's a few things that actually before Carl died. I was we we're gonna do a second. Uh, a very a batch of the Cuban knife, but I wanted to make some changes. Uh, when I originally made it for him, I drew it, and he's like, "I want it just like this." And then when we made the batch, he's like, "I want it just like this." So I would have made some changes in the profile, uh, the profile in general, in terms of where the tip is, and the, you know, I wanted it to be higher up, and it, it, the 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 belly was a little flatter than I like, and it was really like it was just I had personal preferences that I would have made the changes, so I got to kind of do yeah. that in this. So that was really cool. Yeah, sure. Um, and then I've been just grinding away on the, on these, uh, sandwich knives. I finished all the, uh, the bevel grinding of, I'm making an extra uh, six, uh, of the sandwich knives just because obviously if you want something to, you know, if something going to fall apart, I got a couple back backups, but yeah, yeah, you know, throw a few out there after the fact. And, uh, I finished all the grinding and I kind of really, really was happy with how it was going. And I was really happy with the way I was doing the grinding and, now I'm kind of off the two by seventy two, and I'm on the belt. Uh, I'm on the disc grinder. So the the best part is I really focused on you know grinding well and paying attention. So then it's easier. Every step becomes easier and easier. So now I'm I'm finishing up the uh, disc sanding, and it's going much faster because I was much more very like uh, disciplined in how I did the uh, 
the the two by seventy two grinder. I was really using a push stick, and I was um, trying to you know do a nice job so the following job better. And then uh, I'm preparing. Are these stainless, by the way. These, these yeah, four forty C. Right. Yeah. So and that's been cool. Uh, and then I'm going to be hopefully by the end of this week I'm going to be hand sanding and then starting in the this week I can start to hand sand and then the following week I want to get all the the serrations in and then start working with the. Uh, uh the handle material i'm hoping to have them done if not the last week of october i really want to shoot for like the first or second week of november i want to get them out of my life mm-hmm. but it's been mm-hmm. like um it's been like you know the funny thing is is a lot of guys talk about how they don't like to do uh like batches because it's not fun like repetition is not fun but to me in my mind all i can think of is this repetition is going to make me better like mm-hmm. i, I yeah. can feel it and and, oh, and yeah, so sure. oh my god i mean it's like you have you you sand a certain way, and you're 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 uh, you're just like figuring out little things that can make you better, and where the light's better, and then you're just kind of like fine tuning your movements. And it was like it's it was you know there were days of like you know sheer boredom, but at the same time, at the end of that, I was I would throw in a different knife just to just to kind of like see if I like if it the muscle memory kicked in and it really did. I got to the point where mm. I ground down the, uh, Admiral knife, uh, from, uh, starting from the, uh, full thickness to in like 35 minutes. So it was yeah. really like getting it to the point where I could, uh, start hand sanding in 35 minutes. I was super pumped. So wow. that was really good. And then we had a little sadness. Our poor cat mm. Willie died. And, uh, it yeah. was a very, very, uh, sad situation for my wife and daughter and me. And, um, you know, look, <laughs> this is life. It was a, it was a strange cap off to, and I'm not going to, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. You know, there's no, one I can tell that Craig wants to, so oh, this is going to get sad and I'm going to have to like come up with some sort of segue into us blowing each other or something like that in order for there to be kind of, <laughs> don't worry. I know what I'm doing. You don't have to get, you don't have to, don't worry. The, the cat was great because. He hated me and that he hated me for six years and he, for six years. I mean, I, he hated me. And, but at the same time, I was like, okay, you know, I understand. I appreciate it. And then, um, you know, the, our vet, we have a, this wonderful vet and she was, we adopted the vet, the cat from her. And, and it was really one of those things where, you know, my wife really got very friendly with the vet, a strange looking woman. We'll talk about that later. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> the vet would always say, how's it going with you and Willie? And I was like, it's, it's terrible. He hates me. He hisses at me every time I walk in the room. I would count the hisses. Like, my record was like 17, hissed at me 17 times in one day. Just from walking in the room, I wasn't doing anything to him. And then some one, he's, she said, you have to keep working on him. You have to just kind of create a relationship. I'm like, all right, fine. So one day, a year ago, like, we had this breakthrough. And it was like, he just became a different cat. And it was this really amazing thing. And then he had this strange ability to know when somebody was really sick and I had the flu and he sat with me when I had the flu. And then when Hillary had coronavirus, he didn't leave her side. And then afterwards he started, as soon as she got better, it was the craziest thing. He started to lose weight. He was really in for the past six, five months. He was really like struggling. And my kid was um, really taking care of him now that she was doing uh, uh, distance learning. So, it was really like a sad situation, and he, she called me up on Friday and was really scared because he had taken a return, and I came home, and we were all together, and the, Hillary and Lila kind of, you know, they st- sat with him, and we couldn't get the vet to come over to euthanize him, and we just kind of sat with him, and he was comfortable and stuff like that, and of course, 
I was a fucking pussy. I was like talking about a pussy. I was a, a one-eyed pussy on a bed, and I'm one-eyed. I'm a two-eyed pussy making dinner. I'm like, I just started making dinner and you know showing them some, you know, being like the backup team. And it was, uh, you know, look, she. It was a uh, you two. You two. I thought about you two because uh, you know my kid's about to turn 16, and it was very emotional for for her now. Mm-hmm. We had cats, you know, pets die in the past, and. It, she, you know, she's like, oh, you don't say, well, where the, you know, what's for breakfast? You know, it, was, it wasn't really, like, yeah. but now it's like, you guys are going to be seeing some, uh, you're going to see some, uh, waterworks when she gets about 15, 16, she was really upset. So we've been yeah. spending time together and it's been great. Um, I, I do have one funny, just to kind of bring it back up and you know, he was a good cat and it was sad, sucks. And everyone said, I got a lot of people sent me nice messages, but I'll tell you a funny story about this fucking vet. This vet is a strange looking woman. And if you ever saw, if you ever used to read like Fantastic Four magazine, there was a character, a Fantastic Four comic. There was a there's a character, a villain named the Mole Man. Yeah, it was a short little guy <laughs> with big glasses and buck teeth. And imagine the Mole Man with like a white, a uh, bowl haircut. That's our vet. She's a strange looking woman, and she had a terrible. She was an incredible vet, but she had the worst assistant. And, you know, she knew us. My wife could text her. She was interested. She was helpful, helpful, helpful. And she just came over once, and she was, she's a traveling nurse. And we, we've got our pile, a traveling vet. we got a pile of business at Peekskill for her. She was so great. So one day she came over, and, you know, she's just like, I just want you to know I'm retiring. And the, her assistant was like, I mean, it was a strange relationship. The assistant was an asshole. It's just dopey. And, um, and I was so upset because, like, we cultivated this relationship with this vet. And I don't know what happened. And I just turned to the assistant. I said, is this because of you? And there was this incredible <laughs> silence. It was like, is it because you're not making her life easier? Is I think it's because of you. And my wife's dumbfounded. Mole Man is like, <laughs> Dr. Mole Man is like looking at me like I'm crazy. And the, the assistant's just like, what? What are you talking about? I was just like, I'm going to find a new vet. But it was like the most awkward situation because I was just like, I couldn't <laughs> control myself. Time, I'm totally, I'm thinking to myself, this is this assistant who's making, not making the vet, Dr. Mole Man's vet, not making it easier for her. And now I'm blaming her and I got to find a new vet because her assistant sucked. Oh, geez. There you go. Geez. So what's That's happening great. with the cat? Is it being buried or cremated? Or well, they took the, on? we call the new vet and the new vet took the, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the vet's taking her away. Okay. Talk away. about inappropriate timing. You ready? Knife Talk is sponsored <laughs> by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Do the chopper! I think oh, it's very inappropriate that I was talking about... don't recommend cremation in an Even Heat. You <laughs> really don't. I, I, don't I, think, I gotta tell you, I think it's inappropriate that I'm talking about... Did the vet take the, the cat away and you're talking... <laughs> Arnold's taken to the chopper. I think that's inappropriate. My poor cat, my poor Willie, just died. We need you to, we need you to lighten up a little <laughs> yeah, bit. That's I mean, all. That's inappropriate. It is. I am very sorry. It's fine. Very, very good luck. He had a good sense of humor. What can you do? Don't take him to the chopper. I don't think they're taking. Him, I don't think they're taking him to the even heat too. <laughs> but, I think it gets hot um, enough. What's, what's, uh, well, I think maybe. Hey guys, maybe. guys, let's, we're not doing. I know we make we're home. We make homemade knives. We don't need to do homemade cremations too. Thank you. For <laughs> my family, <laughs> my wife and daughter will stuff. not be watching. Listen to this, goddamn you. Sure. <laughs> um, 
something to add on to what you were saying earlier about doing batch work. Uh, I 100% prescribe to that perspective about just the, the number of repetitions. And because um, I think that's actually how I got really good at blade grinding and handle sculpting is that we were blasting out batches for three years when I worked for Bob Kramer. And so uh, it was all that repetition that really put me in a good position to be uh, hmm. be able to do good work without really having to think about it. Right. You know, well, that's so. it. But there are people out there who say, I don't want to do it if it's not fun. Hmm. You know, I like the fact that there's there's like goalposts all the time. It's like, right, sure. I need to heat treat all of these. Right. And once you've done that, you, that, that's like a big moment. It's like, I've done yeah. them all. Then the next time there's loads of these little stages. And each time you, 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 you do them all, it's it's a big point. You know, it's not just like doing a single blade. It's like, right, I'll do that. Now I'll get onto that, get onto that. Sure. It's, you know, it's, it's a big moment when you do, you know, 50 or 100 of them. You're like, yes, done yeah. it. That's we'll the, the right attitude. But yeah. A lot of people feel that that, you know, I don't want to do it because it's, you know, if you're trying to create a business, sometimes some things are not fun. You know, hmm. I mean, there are a lot of things that are not fun, but you do grow from these things, you sure. know, and, and I, I'm, I, it's always daunting and I'm never psyched. I'm never just like, yes, I can't wait. I'm a hand sand 56 plates <laughs> <Yeah>. today. <laughs> you know, that sucks. But at the same yeah. time, I'm just like, I'm going to have these goal. Exactly what you said, goalposts. I'm going to have five before I go to lunch done. I'm going to have 10 before I go out, you know, go home. And then I'm going to yeah. budget my time out. And, I'm gonna, and when I meet those goals, you feel like you have a little bit of control over your own destiny. Yeah. You know, you, you get a lot of achievements, whereas single knives, there's one big achievement at the end. When you're doing batches, you get these big achievements more regularly, I suppose. Yeah, sure. definitely. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I've got a question for you. We, we went quite deep last week's question. And, um, not everybody appreciated, I don't think. Um, and please, <laughs> let's not go into con congratulating each other and showing each other how much we love each other because <sighs> listeners don't want to hear it because they call them, they, they message me. They're too afraid to talk to the both of you. I get the DMs. You guys are both like inappro inapproachable. I don't know what it is, but like my, my inbox was fucking buried in like, what's going on with you guys like loving each other? I'm like, all right. God. <laughs> It was really un uncomfortable. I was listening. To that it was un uncomfortable. Zippers and all that, blowjobs, and we're not doing that this time, Craig. Go ahead, ask a question. Okay, it's more of a discussion pointer, really. So, um, this week has been World Mental Health Day, uh, which I think was yesterday, uh, and it got me thinking that you know I personally spend a lot of time on my own in the shop, um, and most people do. If the, if you're knife makers, you're generally working on your own in a shop. I think particularly now with the you know with the current situation where people don't necessarily have things to look forward to, uh, winter's drawing in, so it's getting darker and darker as well. I was just wondering whether you guys have any sort of strategies to help keep yourself sort of on track mentally. Is there anything that you do you think okay, I need to be doing this just just for my own sort of mental health, just to keep me going? Any sort of pointers, any tips and tricks? What sure. do you guys do? I'll go, I'll go first. I, I've yeah, sure. mentioned it before, um, but I've been working on a regular meditation practice, um, which might sound woo-woo, but it's, it's actually been scientifically hundreds of thousands or I don't know. Lots of studies have shown <laughs> the benefits. It's not scientific already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not the fucking scientist. 
<laughs> so anyways, but it's been shown to uh, improve, um, you know, uh, and depression and and just regular general mental well-being and how handling stressful situations and all that kind of stuff. And I needed that in my life. And it's made a huge difference. Um, I started with the, uh, what's it called, Headspace app. Um, and now um, I use uh, Waking Up, which was... Uh, an app by Sam Harris uh, that was uh, I was introduced to by a fellow knife maker friend of ours and um, it's really great I love it and I've always really uh, I've, I don't know I wouldn't consider myself super spiritual uh, but I've always, always been very interested in like the history of um, various religions and all that kind of stuff and kind of thinking about things from kind of like a philosophical standpoint and um, and it goes into those areas in a cool way and so anyways i've been for myself i've been making time for myself to sit down and even just do like a 10 minute meditation a couple times a day as consistently as i possibly can and um the more i do it the better it is and better things are in in this dumb peace of mind where i'm not stressing out and freaking out about everything i can just kind of take everything in stride a lot better and it's really made a huge difference do you ever have um like pointers where you think oh okay i'm starting to feel it i'm starting to feel it i maybe need to spend a bit more time um you sort of on myself you know do you do you ever have yeah i I mean i wouldn't say pointers do you you have these signs that says maybe you need to take a step back and and do something slightly different for sure yeah it's when especially it's it's when i'm uh i'm short-tempered more than anything about stupid Mm, shit that doesn't fucking matter right but I'm finding myself Same getting me, yeah. worked up about stuff that does not matter. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening again. And usually that happens when I've lost my consistency with meditating. Because I'll get to a good place and be like, yeah, I'm doing great now. And I just kind of – it's like all the good things that you should be doing. Once you get to a positive place, then you kind of like fall back on being able – like being as consistent. And then all of a sudden you fall back in, into your old patterns. And that's exactly what happens. And so then I'm like, oh, shit. So I just, I, you just, I just, I found I really, I have to like almost set a timer and schedule it in, um, just, and I actually, I, I do it, uh, at around four o'clock every day, at least at four o'clock, if not in the morning sometimes. Um, but that's when I'm at the shop, I'm by myself. I'm not going to be distracted. Nobody's going to be running in, asking me to do anything. I can just take 10 minutes to sit there and go through the meditation sequence in the app. And it's makes a huge difference. It's a really hmm. big difference. How long does the app take? I mean, how long does the meditation sequence take? Ten minutes. That's it. Oh. oh. Very good. Hmm. I hear yeah. meditation is one of the best things ever. I, I wanted to do it for a while. I tried it to get to sleep, and I just kind of stopped. Didn't really, hmm. just didn't really take with me. But I, I think that you know, there's a lot of successful people who do transcendental meditation, so and they all swear by it. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Any sort of strategies, or do you ever find yourself um, feeling not hundred percent? And you think, right, I need to be need to be doing something here. Well, I, what's I, going on? I find I find comfort in organization, and 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 not like control. Not it's not like like I don't micromanage myself, mm. but like I like to have a game plan and organized in my mornings and my afternoons. So I feel like I do have control. And I really stay away from, I have, I really try to stay away from 
coming in and not knowing what I'm going to do because that's when you, I start to get feelings of, um, get feelings of self-doubt. And, yeah. and when I'm organized in terms of, I know I need to meet these deadlines. And when I meet those deadlines, I'm very, I get, I get satisfaction that I had control over my life. Um, I also, I listen to a lot of comedy because I really, I lo- I listen to a lot of Howard Stern and it, he's so fucking funny. And it's just everything. I just get really invested in, in, in that show because it's funny and it, it's, it's, I just really think it's important to have some humor. I'm sure that I lose a per couple percentages in regards to um, efficiency because, you know, sometimes something really funny happens and I just like, I, I lose my train of thought, but at the same time, it's like, I, I, I like, I would prefer to uh, have things being funny and uplifting other than, um, you know, you know, oh, getting yeah, worried about yeah. stuff. I haven't forged in months and it's because mm-hmm. I just, I'm so busy. And I actually was talking to Jesse Savage yesterday after he did his, um, after he did his demo and I was like, God, he did this really great instructional uh, thing about how to make tongs. And I was like, God, I really should make some tongs. And he goes, yeah, you should, should. And I, I said, I don't have time for fun anymore. So it's very much, I have, uh, after I, well, I got the forge series from Jason Knight, I ordered some, uh, some steel and I made a pattern. I wanted to do the elemental knife and I just, I just don't have the time right now. So I, I should make the time to do it, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm finding myself not needing the personal time of, you know, let's just fuck around for the day. I'd prefer to just kind of like, feel like I have control over this business and that's yeah. what helps. But I get blue days. I get days where I'm just like, you know, the weather or something happened and I'm just kind of blue. I get those. Hmm. Yeah. I, I get them a lot. And I think um, a lot of it is frustration with me of not being able to spend as much time as I'd like in the shop. Right. Um, but I can find sometimes, even when I've got the time in the shop, I can tell when things aren't, hundred percent right when i'm obsessing over something that's not important so let's say i've got a bunch of orders to get out or you know i've got lots of stuff maybe that you know i should be getting on with but i'll find something really unimportant and obsess over that i mean like the other day Mm -hmm. here it was like speaker placement here in the studio i'm like well this could be better and i'm spending hours putting these and i'm thinking it, it took me a while. Then I'm like, I've got so much other stuff I could be doing, more important stuff, you know? But I think I, I can get distracted from, from things so easily when I'm feel, maybe feeling a bit stressed. And um, we used to have the... Before we having the babies, my wife and I were... I mean, we can go days, sometimes even weeks, without really seeing other people. So it's just, it's just the two of us. And um, we, we're very sort of much aware of each other's moods. So quite often we'd have, we'd call it just like a sofa day where I'm not going into work today. I'm going to sit on the sofa. I'm going to watch a few films. I'm going to order food in and I'm just going to be lazy. And tomorrow I'll wake up and I've done it. I've got it out my system kind of thing, you know. Um, but since, obviously, since having babies, we can't do that yeah. anymore because, you know, life still goes on. So... I find, you know, getting outside and just getting some sunlight, you know, behind my retinas a bit, you know, and that I just find that instantly sort of cheers me up and and brightens my mood. And when I'm happier, I'm generally more productive. That's that's the sort of way it works for me. But, you know, it's different for everybody. But, yeah, I was was just curious about, you know, your strategies and your sort of telltale signs when things aren't, you know, 100 percent. And uh, it's good to know. Good to know. Well, last night for us, um, you know, we, you know, the, the, our cat had just died, and we, I decided I was going to make a real nice, uh, 
you know, my nice dinner. We had mm-hmm. mussels and French fries, and and I just we just kept everything very light, and we made a lot of jokes, and not like yeah. not telling street jokes, but like you know, we were just having fun and laughing. And my wife has got an incredible laugh, and you know, it's almost considered like with a lot of people, including me, it's like if you can get her to laugh really hard, it's like the you know just pack it in no reason it, i mean she goes you know totally bananas and it's the best and you feel like it's a kind of accomplishment so we yeah. just made a lot of jokes last night and we were just laughing as a family and it really really helped a lot really helped a lot mm. you know it was just like yeah it was great i mean it was like stupid jokes i mean stupid things and you know wordplay and just ah, stupidity is stupidity good. is good. good yeah so you know funnily enough there's i'm sh- i'm sure you get in the u.s as well but um we watch britain's got talent so i'm sure in america they have u.s got talent or whatever and it's all around the world um but it was the final last night and like the guy who won it he, he was just like completely just stupid almost like kids entertainer you know and it's like that's what that's what's needed right now because it was just absolutely stupid and my wife and i were laughing at just thinking look at this goofball here you know but you know it's it's the kind of thing everybody needs at the moment i think because this whole pandemic it's you know it's flaring back up and as i say winter coming along it's it's just it's been a bit of a shit year for a lot of people so yeah stupidity i'm all for definitely <laughs> well that's definitely. why i try to tell these stupid jokes on this podcast because i know people just don't want to take notes all the time oh god you know yeah not from us anyway jeez wow serious i mean shall we try and answer some listener questions absolutely let's give it a go hey man can i ask you a question this is the part of the show where you ask questions we do our best to answer them. This is also your chance to help drive the conversation. If you have questions, you can send us a Contact DM. Contact us via DM <laughs> at Nice Talk on Instagram. Uh, it's that easy. That was premature that's again. That's the shit I love. Yeah, you, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you little bastard, you. All right. This first one is from Coulter Knives. He says, hey, fellas, how long does it take you to grind in your bevels on an average chef's knife? Eight inch by two inch. Post heat treat, I'm getting uh, I'm getting to the three hour mark with some blades using two new 50 grit ceramics, and I have a feeling there's something I could be doing to help cut that down. I generally grind freehand, and all my knives are stock removal, and I don't grind anything pre heat treat. Thanks. What do you guys think? Three hours is a long time. Three, yeah, it seems a very long time. Um, I could. If I'm going through a batch, they'll generally start off probably about an hour for the first one or two. Um, and once you get into the flow of things, I could generally do about two per hour, um, you know, ready for hand sanding. And so for me, that would be up to sort of 220. So yeah. I start with a 36 grit belt, take off those 90s, um, and then just work up to about 220. Um, so I suppose on average, probably about 45 minutes a blade for myself. And again, that's all um after after heat treat i don't do anything beforehand one point you just made that we want to one thing it could be as well is if you have uh if you're doing from the beginning you have a brand new belt on and then you have your your bevels are 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 square and you put Mm -hmm. it up the sharp edge of your knife of the the corner between the the edge and your the face will shred the belt immediately yeah. so what a lot if you're of wearing a t-shirt you could feel you can feel yourself showered in all the abrasives so away, what yeah. a lot of people do is is i saw that uh, uh even jason knight was saying it on his thing is he'll take a used belt and 
He'll cut in a 45 degree angle on the belly, on the edge side between the center line and the face of your steel. So mm. when you put your knife up against the belt, you're not shredding the tops of the uh, sure. of the abrasive. Yeah. Yep. That's huge. That's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time being told that, and I had never thought about it ever, ever, ever. Um, well, I mean, does... one thing you need to be careful of is if you're using an old belt that you're not going in, you know, super hard and, you know, burning up that edge because yeah, oh, obviously yeah, sure. after yeah, heat treats, you need hard. to be very careful with that. That's the reason why you're slowly. so premature. Yeah, probably. Stupidity. How is somebody stupid? <laughs> what about you, Jeff? I mean, you, you, I mean, you've just done a big b- b- bunch of, you know, a batch, not necessarily chef knives, but they were still, they still had bevels on and so on. How... What sort of time are you looking at per, per blade? Well, the, with the, the thin 16th inch knives, it's, you know, I was getting, I was getting them ready for the disc sander in under 10 minutes of pop. They're super thin. Mm, um, yeah. But I mean, for a sh- like, the, the, um, like the Admiral, which I just did, which is not a nine inch chef's knife, I got it in a half an hour. And a lot of it is because I, I used to hold the, handle in my one hand and then the tip on my thumb and then i would move it across and then i just didn't i i felt like the edges of the belt were doing the hard work and the middle of the belt wasn't doing anything sure and then i started to use a piece of wood that you would push a push stick i would use a push stick and i started to do this thing where i cut them in, in a 45 so i could use my thumb to push it in the middle and all the when I saw the sparks coming down, the sparks were coming down in, in a uniform uh, amount, so I know that the whole belt was touching the knife, not just the corners. Mm. And yeah. I was getting better results. And then I was, you know, I was able to push. I was because I wasn't using my thumb to push the blade into the belt. I knew that it was going to be hotter than I expected. And I didn't want to ruin the temp, the uh, heat treatment and temper. So I would dip every every. Every time I went across, especially if it was, uh, you know, the belt was getting used, I was, I was dipping it in water just to kind of keep it cool and then wiping it down. But the push stick really helped me maximize um, the belt on the, the, the blade. That was, a, right. that was huge, huge. Well, if you think about it, when you're putting pressure over that length of like a 9-inch knife or even an 8-inch knife, even a 6-inch knife, if you're at the heel, one we're putting pressure at the heel and at the tip it's even though the blade is hard it still has the ability to flex or deflect right. from yeah. being straight and so you definitely were probably just only using the corners because right. the platen's flat and you had the piece of steel bowing around but by putting that pressure in the middle that's the perfect thing to do and yeah i used mm. to have the same problem for sure and I've, i i do it freehand but um but it's the same thing and you're getting more work out of the, out of that belt for sure um, by putting pressure um, on the blade in and right and directly in front of that belt, one hundred percent. Well, I generally, if I'm if I'm not using a jig and I'm freehanding, what I generally do is wrap my fingers around the back of the platen. So then I've got my thumb, which is sort of in the middle of the platen anyway, on my left hand, and my right hand then does the movement. So it's just mm, sliding along my mm. thumb, you know. Um, and that way, if with a longer blade, the actual the the, the spine of the blade sits in that little sort of crease of your thumb and fingers, huh. you know, so it's got almost like a bit of a, a rest, its own tool rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way I'm not moving my left arm at all. That's almost, 
almost like a tool rest. It's staying there. Sure. And I move my my right hand. But yeah, you can get to the problem then of the heat building up and all of a sudden, ah, my, my thumb's on fire. But it's it's probably a good a good guide, you know, when you're getting too hot anyway. And yeah, your sure. grip is must your grip must be very good now. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like monkey hand. I've got. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah is just... that that was just call it? Yeah. Monkey, monkey paw. <laughs> monkey paw. Uh, uh, I I actually do primary grind most knives uh, before heat treating. Um, if not, sometimes uh, forge. I, I guess heat treating as forged, but nonetheless, it's it's not you know parallel sides. It, there's there's a taper from the spine to the cutting edge, and then also a taper from the bolster area out to the tip. Um, and I think a uh, something that can really help it, it is doing primary grinding if you can dial in the heat treat so that after you do the heat treat, um, as well as your grinding. Um, that you know after heat post heat treat the blade isn't a freaking banana right and some of the things that will cause that which we've talked about before a little bit is you know uneven grinds or something like that just dimensional irregularities from side to side um will cause the blade to do some funky stuff um but yeah i think just like jeff was saying using a push stick or figuring out how to put force uh in front of the right in front of the belt so that you're getting more cutting action off the belt hitting those 45s make a huge difference you know yeah. i i don't think i really have much else to add to what you guys have already said i and i think I, he's worried about the time it's taking so he's saying it's well, three sure. hours but i think just you know consistently doing it will bring bring sure. that time down because i'm sure the first the first sort of 50 knives that i probably made were probably run about that too oh, yeah, it's sure. just a matter of just getting used to that action and you know it, the time will come down Two Definitely. two quick points is uh, he should also start with a thirty six grit. I I do thirty six grit, mm. and I I know Jason Knight said on his forge series that he goes thirty six almost the whole way, you know, almost, and yep. then he uses the, you know, the eighty one twenty or the other ones just to kind of finish the scratch pattern. And I started I did that I do that for a while, so I'm using thirty six belts, um, mm. all the time. I mean, like most of the most of the work is on thirty six grit belts, and then when I get close, then I start to kind of refine with the thinner belts. But one thing is, is we're just talking about uh, heat treating and stuff like that. For stainless steel knives, I always quench um, between aluminum blocks. Face full north. Th <laughs> no, that's Josh Scott. <laughs> full, full thickness. I do full thickness for uh, plate quenched knives because if you're wrapping it in foil, it's hard to straighten them after mm -hmm. you kind of cooled them down. It's hard to rip off the, uh, rip it off, and then um, you know try to fix the problem. So. If I need, I need with, I want to make sure that they're flat, flat. So I always do them uh, full thickness. When I'm doing carbon steel and I'm doing uh, oil quench, I always pre-grind them because you have that little time between that quench where you can actually do the straightening. The stainless steel is just too much fiddling around with stuff in order to try sure. to fix them versus oil quench. So I always pre-grind uh, carbon steel and then I'll go full thickness with, with stainless. But stainless is, you know, some of the stainless is... Um, you know, some of these knives, if you're, especially if you're using like, you know, if you're grinding like an eighth of an inch thick, you know, fully hardened piece of steel, it's going to take you some time, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, whilst we're talking about that, I've just bought some of that, um, that Condorcel, that Z1100 stuff, what? which is the anti-scale coating. Oh. Mm. Um, because yeah, that that's um, foil stuff. I just hate using the foil; it's just the worst. So I'm I'm, I'm going to give this a go and then do some hardness testing afterwards and just just see if it's going to work out. But um, 
yeah, it's come in this big tin and this stuff stinks. So um, I'm hoping <laughs> it's going to work out because it'll just save so much time and, and money too because this foils. It's pretty expensive, you know, so it can only be used sure. once. And so, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. Listen, but yeah, you're sorry. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, listen on. to this. I'm keeping all the foil because some of them create these beautiful artifacts after the heat treatment. I keep oh, everything. Right. I, got a, I got boxes of them. I'm gonna, someday I'm going to unfold them. I might even just make like a wall filled with them, like almost like a, you know, you see the tin ceiling or something like that. I'm mm. going to do, at some point, I'm going to do a project with it all. I'm going to use it all. I can't Mobile. wait. At some point. At some, or there could be a Channel 5 documentary about you because you're hoarding everything. <laughs> I'm not hoarding. What <laughs> are you talking about? hoarders' the, documentaries. <laughs> it's Jeff? just the foil. What's it's just the, the foil. foil? Two boxes of, of used foil. Relax, guys. It's the aliens, man. They can read my thoughts. Yeah, that's. What, yeah, that's what, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm not wrapping my, my head around Perfect. with it. I just, you know, yeah, sure. some of them are beautiful. Actually, some customers, when they come out really nice, I've actually sent them as like a, you know, flatten them out. And, you know, you could put them in a nice little, you know, they're, some of them look great. They're beautiful objects. So you send it to your customer, and you're like, here you go. Not every one frame, of them. Frame it, frame it yourself. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. I've, but some of them look great. I mean, some of them look really good. Not some bad. of them look like shit, but some of them look great. They're these interesting yeah. objects. If you made a knife for somebody, and then you throw in this as part of the, the, the process, of course, if I could frame them and send them along, it would be a great little you know artifact part of their knife. But, you know. I haven't worked that out Blood yet. Blood soaked and it's all jagged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, yeah, what's that? What is that? Do you spit on that? What is that? <laughs> so, yeah, going back to the question, top tip is, yeah, as Jeff just said, 30, start with 36 shredders. You can get them from combat abrasives. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! See, we look after you. 15% off too. So yeah, CombatAbrasives.com and make sure you're stocked up with, with belts. Next question. Um, hey dudes, how do you shut up people who say stock removal cheating, forged is the only way? Um... <laughs> yeah, I think there's a few 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 words missing there. Or, yeah. Hey dudes, how do you shut up people who say stock removal cheating forged is the only way? He says, keep up the good work of the podcast. We've had sort of variations to this question a million times, haven't we, really? Sure. Um what we think of stock removal and and, and forging. But um ten seconds. Well, Jeff, what what do you say to these people? There's a mentality that these people have where they feel that they need to belittle you. And you just can't I mean, they're not your customers. And they just have no idea what they're talking about. You know, it's, mm. it's nonsense. It's, 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 always, it's always either some guy who is either, I hate to say jealous, but I mean, they're envious of your situation or they're not, they don't like their own situation. It's just like, who mm. cares? You know, they're yeah. not going to buy your knife anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the best point right there. They are not yeah. your customer. Ignore them. People are nasty. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. unnecessary. They say unnecessary things because, I don't know, they get it at a dopamine drip or something. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, yeah. it's enough already. Don't worry about me. Hmm. I think anybody who knows anything about knives or people who have made knives will know that there's going to be some shitty stock removal knives out there and there's going to be some shitty forge knives out there. Um, you know, it takes a good maker to make a good knife out of either. I think that's, that's, yeah. that's my thought. But ultimately, it. who cares? It's like... Don't, you don't know what you're talking about. So 
I, perfect example on oh, that stupid fucking video. Oh, that stupid video is the, the uh, Epicurious video I was in. There was one oh, no, guy. Was <laughs> there was one guy. I had to go through the comments just because I wanted to see. And there was one guy who was just lying. He was saying, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. 52100 steel is a, where, is, a, is a type of stainless or something like that. It doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't rust or something like that. It was just like... So I said something on my podcast. Everyone blasted his ass because he didn't know what he's talking about, and then uh, he he erased it and he said something different. He just he did he erased it and then bitched about something else I had said. People just want to be nasty. They yeah. love it. Yeah, I I mentioned a while back that um I made the silly mistake of of commenting on a YouTube video. So it was a a very sort of well known um, female knife maker. And this is a great video, and it was this. She was talking to the camera and all these things, and I just looked at the comments. Every one of them were, were like dudes telling her she's doing it wrong and all the rest of it. So I stupidly got a bit riled up, and I, I commented on one of them. But now, like a couple of times a week, I'll get a note, an email saying somebody's replied to your comment, and it's just like it's just these dudes like saying, "Oh, you're doing it wrong," and you know, who would buy one of your shitty knives? And I'm just like. What's wrong with these? These people have never made a knife in their in their life. It's people hate them. <laughs> You've said that. <laughs> you probably have said that more times than uh, yeah. Mareko's complained about drivers. <laughs> probably people. Yeah. You're I the got worst. You need them. <laughs> I bet no vehicles safe in your place. You don't like them. Do you guys want to do a couple dilemmas? Get a couple good let's ones. Yeah, All let's right. Let's do it. Go on. So I got I got I got a dilemma here. This is from Rough Cut Knives. I got a question, a dilemma for you. If I told you I would give you $5 million, but you could never make another knife, or in my case, a sculpture, or whatever you do, Greg, and make knives, again, I said that. He wanted to say website or something like that. Basically, whatever we're doing right now, you, you are going to be paid $5 million, but you can't do it again. Would you take the deal? You got to do something else. What would yeah, you do? I would. I would. I'm making knives to make money. Um, you know, it, I've got other creative outlets too. That's the way I look at it. And this is just one of them. Um, and if I've got five million in the bank, it gives me extra time to indulge in other things and learn other new things. That's the way. I what look would at you it. learn how to do? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it gives me it gives me options. I, I can't say I don't know any more times. It would give me options, and I like the sound of that because I can easily go down rabbit holes with things, and you know, and having that extra money and no pressure to bring in money would allow me to do that more often and just be more creative. I could see you being like a chateau flipper. <laughs> you buy these chateaux. <laughs> chateau flipper. Yeah, <laughs> a guy, somebody who buys these chateaus and and fixes them up and flips them. That seems like no, that would be your move because so. it's. I know you like to you like to you like a you like a deadline and you like a goal, but at the same time you get sick of them. So you flip them, you flip them. No, no, I don't. No, I, I can't see me doing that. Okay. No. My 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 wife would love that. She'd love that of getting a house and doing it all up, then selling it on and doing it again. But I'm I'm I I've lived in like a building site for too long now. I just want somewhere to settle in, which is which is nice and comfortable. Right. Sure. What do you think, uh, Reco? Five million dollars. Uh, you can never make another knife again. What would you do? Does that mean I can't teach or consult uh, is, other people I mean, about their knife making? No, we're not gonna <laughs> me you, you physically can, you can making make, knife. I mean, we're not. Gonna, <laughs> you I can mean, make sires for the rest is, of your life. You know, a conversation. This isn't like you know. This is, we're not okay. a DMV. I here. would. 
I, <laughs> I would probably go down. I would take it and then just make Damascus all day, every day. Uh, or I would, I don't know what, open a pizzeria. No, I probably wouldn't open a restaurant. Um, but I don't know what I would do with my time after that. But if, if, if we're going to be super technical about the wording, then yeah, I would spend a lot more time doing Damascus and, um, and educational stuff and teaching and, um, and you know, I, w I would be fine not making the knives cause I got plenty of plenty, plenty, plenty to keep me busy outside of making knives mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I would be a professional fly fishing guide. That's what I would do. I'd take that $5 million and I would be a fly fishing guide. Love it. I would love to fish. I used to fish so much. I loved it. I would totally, I would love to be a fly fishing guide. That'd be hmm. so much fun. Sure. There we go. There you go. There go. All right. So uh, I, I just, in this regards, so we last week we were talking about the saw stops um, and we were talking mm. about how dangerous they can be and people get freaked out. And you said that you get a saw, the saw stop, which is like a, is it's an electrical device. It's a, it's a table saw that has got like an electrical device on it that stops yeah. if you like touch your finger or put your wiener on it or whatever. And um, we got a note from Kyle Daly. I did it once, and people don't stop talking about me putting my wiener <laughs> well, on the table. Well, the so. videos I've seen, they use, use a hot dog. That's yeah, the only yes, reason. Yeah. Well, I see it. I don't put their penis on it. They're putting their wiener on it. <laughs> so Kyle Daly wrote, and he says, I was listening to the podcast this week, and you guys were talking about table saws and them cutting. They work extremely awesome if you can afford it. That's the, the saw stops. Hmm. I recently upgraded it, and I bought a saw stop saw, and it was great and powerful saw. I always make sure to be extra careful when I'm cutting and I keep my hands away. And I like the idea of a, as a secondary protection. What saw stop doesn't tell you is how much of a pain it is to change out those cartridges. FYI, carbon fiber is electrically conductive and might set off the stop. I was cutting a piece of carbon fiber, all the safety precautions taken, and boom, blade was gone and the carbon fiber wasn't cut, just but a nick. Then the pain ah. of removing the cartridge took 45 minutes. The oh, electrical wow. sensor allows you to check before uh, the electrical sensor allows you to check before cutting, and I do that with all materials now, even if I know I ha they haven't set it off before. So I wanted to, wow. you know, it sounds like a uh, Kyle Daly, uh, KH Daily Knives, also the host, one of the hosts of Knife Perspective podcast. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle's very uh, he's a he's like an engineer or something like that. Yeah, he gets all up in that. But oh, that was a really good point. Yeah. Fuck that, man! If I had to change, it takes me forty-five minutes to change. I don't even like changing the regular blade. It takes me five minutes, and just like it's too long. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, can you imagine? I'm a pain in the ass. All right, next question comes from. Uh, next dilemma comes from the same guy. Uh, rough cut knives. He sent us a couple good ones. My dilemma is this: I have a guy who approached me via DM to make a custom knife for him. He has a drawing of the knife he has in mind. I feel that there are many design elements that are impractical or non-functional. He plans to use it daily to, quote, open boxes with at work and a little bit of food prep when camping. As a maker, am I wrong to suggest the design changes to make it less, quote, fantasy knife and more functional? So what should he do? You got a guy hmm. in his DMs. You've all had it. I had a guy who was a cook who wanted me to make him a paring knife was, that had a screwdriver as a tip. For some reason, <laughs> you could cut stuff and then change a light bulb. I don't know what the fuck he was doing with it, but I was just like, no, no, we're not. 
I'm just not going to have a Phillips head <laughs> screwdriver on the end of your knife. That's not worth doing that. I think if they're getting your services involved, it's because you're the expert in this case. You're the guy who knows about knives. So, I mean, I I sort of bowed to pressure recently with, with a restaurant, and they were saying they wanted these these extra long handles on, on blades. And I was like, well, I don't think they're going to look too good. They, I don't think they'll be too effective. And um, they were like, no, we definitely, this is definitely what we want. And I, I stupidly said it, fine, okay. So I got, I got a bunch um, a bunch uh, blanks made, you know, it's a laser cutout. Um, and it turned out I was right in the end. And they agreed with me. Once they saw them, they were like, ah, you're right, actually. And I was like, well, you should have listened. We should save some money. Um, in in this particular case, I, I, I found another purpose for these knives. But um, I think, yeah, I think you need to, and it's a lesson I've learned that from now on, I think I'll be a bit more, I wouldn't say forceful, um, but just sort of reestablish that relationship that, you know, they're sort of employing you as the expert in this case. Um, and, you know, if you just want to take take orders from people, you know, exactly what they want, their own specs, you know, where's the creativity in that? It, you sure. know, it's not for me. It may be for some people, but it, it it's not for me. Um, and I suppose that's the decision you need to make is whether, you know, you want to, you know, I wouldn't say enforce your creativity on others, but whether you want add add value with creativity and whether you can educate the customer slightly better. So, you know, to explain that this knife really wouldn't, really wouldn't be effective. Or you could just add a, your stupid charge. You, you could, that, sure. that's, I, that's, that's the dilemma, isn't it? Whether you just charge more and just get the work yeah, done and a, move on this, to the next. This, this but, is your idiot fee and you just tack it on. And, an, and a non-refund clause. Because yeah. realistically, sometimes people design some crazy stuff. And yeah, what happens if they turn up deciding they don't like it and they want to return it? And then what, you got this knife and you're going to try to put it back out there in the world? Like, who are you going to find that's going to want to buy that? And also, are you going to be super proud and excited about that knife? Yeah, he's probably showing all his, all his buddies this knife and it's got your maker's mark on it. He's saying, look what this, he's really proud of it himself. But he's shown all his mates, and they're like behind his back. But, going, Look at that piece of but shit no, but, that he's had made. But what he's <laughs> you know? saying so, is, is, I, I did this design. This is my design now. Maybe, you know, yeah. a lot of people. There's just tons of people. These are the kinds of. There's certain people that go to a restaurant. They'll look at the menu, and then they'll fucking uh, off-road their order. I want this from this plate, and this from this plate, and can the chef do this? And it's like, it's because you feel. And then they'll say something like, "Well, I just wanna." I just want to give the chef the, you know, push him into his most creative spot. And I know that I can make him flourish. <laughs> I do people like it's that all flat. the time. You don't know people like that. They, they want oh, it yes, and they want yeah, it. Yeah, and, yeah. and what they're pushing and pushing and it's under the auspices of, I'm just trying to make you the best that you can and be. And it's my, they I They want to take some glory. Right. They want to yeah. take some of the glory. That's what oh, it is. He would have never put that foam on that, <laughs> on that. If it wasn't for me. There are people like yeah. that all the time. I got a guy oh, yeah. who slipped into my DMs and he overheard me saying something and he said, oh, I was the one who gave you that idea. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I, 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 we, now get, we now get people who come in and send a message in and they'll say, can you, I love your knives, I want this, but can you do this? And it's like, if I've never done it before and you don't see what I'm doing, well, then what are you, what are you going for? And these are also the people who never buy. You know, these are the mm. people who really never, you know, a, a personal preference, like, oh, I like it like this, or I like this kind of edge like this, or slightly things like that. But when you say, hey, do you think you could put like a fucking toothpick holder on the back or, you know, like a fucking, this guy wanted, this cook said, 
I need to be able to do food prep and maintenance at the same time. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I said to him, I'm "Like he's like, I would really, I, I, let them I well, I mean, yeah, it was just like well, I said to him, I'm like, why don't you get a fucking Swiss Army knife?' He's like, oh, we can't prep food with a Swiss Army knife.' I'm like, well, you just want a screwdriver in on the, as the tip of your knife? You're gonna fuck it all up because it'll be perfect. I'm like, then what? Cross contamination your fucking grease with the Ugh. with the food? What are you nuts? Ugh. Be smart. I'm an idiot. I say right charge, I charge the him, the, charge him the fucking pain in the ass fee. Do you think? Uh, don't know. I don't know. I see. I start um, you again. I, I want to tell people about the sandpaper that we use because I find it very, very exciting. Uh, but I use Rhino Wet. Um, I use it every day. Uh, I use it on not just on blades, but on handle materials as well. And I know you two guys do as well. It's the best sandpaper out there. It saves time and it saves money. And you can save a little bit more money by going to TexasFarrisSupply.com where they stock it as well as lots of other stuff for the knife maker. Um, so, yeah, you get your Rhino Wet there. You can get lots of other stuff, um, handle materials, loads, loads and loads. TexasFarrisSupply.com. And remember to use the promo code KNIFETALK10 to get 10% off the full order. Not bad at Not all. Not bad. Hell yeah. I've heard a rumor that somebody may have a quiz. Is that true? This is true. We, we, it couldn't be worse than last week's quiz, uh, let's face it. It could be. Let me just get my... <laughs> let's get quizzical. Right, right, right. Let me just get my... My pen is... I fucking lost my pen for a second here. Just keep talking. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. All right. Who's up first? Let me just... I think Morocco should this week. Sure. Because I'll go first. It, it, it didn't go well last week, let's face okay. it. Okay. Let me just take a look and see where we're at. Okay. Okay. All right, you ready? All right. You ready, Mareko? Yeah. All right. Jennifer Lopez has been engaged five times. Name one or two of their... Name two of their his fiancés, her fiancés. Mark Anthony, Ben Affleck. Seconds. Boom. All right. Uh, which pop star burned down her home gym with candles? <laughs> Pass. Uh, what song does uh, Charlotte Alberry go viral for singing in the London Tube? Pass. All right. 15 years after Friends ended, Jennifer Aniston made her return to TV on what show? Oh, my God. I don't know the name. Pass. Uh, what are the names of George and Emil Clooney's twins? Pass. Um, okay. Who is the half-blood prince in Harry Potter? Uh, Severus Snape. Uh, who created the viral renegade dance on TikTok? Pass. Uh, what was Mr. Big's real name in Sex and the City? Pass. <laughs> Apparently, I only know the answers to Harry Potter's. All right, so you got you got Jennifer. I had to do it. I felt bad about the last one. So Jennifer Lopez has been engaged five times to you got right. You got that right. Mark Anthony and Ben Affleck, and then Alex Rodriguez, Chris Judd, and Ohani Noah. So you got one. That was one. Uh, which pop star burned down her home gym with candles? Is Britney Spears? Bitch. Okay. Really? <laughs> I, mean, you can't, I mean, you can't make that shit up. What song did uh, Charlotte Allworry <laughs> go viral for singing? You look shallow. Uh, 15 years. Jennifer Aniston made her TV with uh, The Morning Show. The Morning Show. Yeah, uh, okay. what are the She's brilliant, by the way. What are the names funny. of... Is it funny? It's, it is. It's really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got uh, Ella and Alexander Clooney. And you got Severus Snake. Uh, so you got two right. Uh, the other one was Snape, isn't it? Snape. Snape, whatever. Yeah, you got it right. Uh, Mr. Big's name. Who cares? Okay. Uh, you got two. 
Regular yeah. two. You ready? <laughs> you, you, that's like that's like Final Jeopardy. <laughs> that's like if you win this one, you are like that dude who won Final Jeopardy forever. This is we're terrible at this. You know, I've got a minute to get two right. I could Google the first question, spend thirty seconds googling that, and knowing I've got another thirty seconds for the second question to draw. That's actually a good point. I fucking uh, dare you. <laughs> right. I let me, fucking let me dare you. Let's let see. I fucking dare you. I fucking dare you. I still think you can't win it. Okay, wait there. But wait, if you answer late, then you're giving the wrong answer to the wrong question. I'm just going to, as he's quiet for the there. minute, I'm oh, going to just add to, I'm going to, to help Morocco, I'm going to berate right. you. I'm just going to berate you in the silence. I'm not going to sit here and we're going to listen to that woman counting down without me berating you. Get All ready? the time. Who is the first African-American housewife on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Oh, I don't know. Uh, what was the? <laughs> I thought you were going to. <laughs> what was the age difference between Mark and Jessica on Love Is Blind? I, I don't know who they are. I don't know. <laughs> You're so no. What's the name of the new series John Krasinski launched with the, on the during the coronavirus pandemic? Oh, I do know this. Um, just a second. <laughs> you little bastard. Called, um... What's the name of it, you little bastard? You four-eyed fool. Come on, man. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, just a second. Come just on. What are you doing? Move those fingers. It's called. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. The John Krasinski show. In, uh, who's the, <laughs> Some who's good the, news. All right. Some, good who's news. Who's the oldest Kardashian sister? Um, Kim. Who's Who was Matt Lauer's official replacement on the Today Show? I haven't a clue. Uh, um, what's the name of the chip and Joanna Gaines's lifestyle brand? Four. <laughs> In 2020, Netflix aired a reality a show that required participants to remain celibate. What was it called? Uh, celibate. Good times. Come on. <laughs> I wish that was the answer. I wish that was the answer. Uh, you got. I'll give you. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you the. I'll give, you got one. I thought you were gonna go with the bit, and you're gonna try to look him up. Yeah, but it's, it's, I didn't. I didn't understand most of the questions. <laughs> I didn't either. Just, I was like, leading for the first American time. reality show thing. All right. So unfortunately, Courtney Kardashian is the oldest. Uh, oh. Some good news. I give you that. You got one there. Uh, That's the one I googled. Yeah. <laughs> There's that one there. You one you googled. You did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, the answer for the 2000, uh, 2020 Netflix aired a reality show that required participants to remain celibate was called Too Hot to Handle. But come on, celibate. Celibate by two times. That is so much better. That is a better. That is a better job. Well, congratulations, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations, Mareko. That was you're 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 a solid champion. I mean, it's not. Two one. I mean, if I I know that if I throw in some Harry it's Potter so trivia, you're gonna get them. You're gonna get them all. If we did a Harry Potter thing. I haven't read one I one sentence of Harry Potter. You seem no, to know a lot. Yeah. It's very wow. good. Yeah, I've I've read all the books at least twice, and some of them three times. Wow! And watched all the movies. I like the stories. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. With... I've never been into that sort of fantasy kind of stuff. If it's not real, I'm just like, even as a kid, I was just like, no, I'm not having that. My wife, I try to get my wife to watch some science fiction. She goes, I like my science and my fiction separated. <laughs> part of me is kind of, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, kind of. Okay. Shall we go with a couple more um, listener questions? Yeah. Where were we? Okay. Um, Jim Jackson asks, gentlemen, should a sire be made of stabilized wood or just any wood? Has moisture been a problem considering they usually live in a kitchen? And he said he's seen them done with leather inserts to keep the knife from rattling. But food contamination might be a concern. 
keep up the good work. Um, so yeah, Sires, um, should you use stabilized wood or will anything do? That's what he's asking, basically. Good question. Yeah, I think, honestly, like, if moisture is his biggest concern, it doesn't matter if it's stabilized or not. Moisture is going to be a problem no matter what. Um, but yeah, even if there isn't leather in there, food getting into the sai is always a concern, which Jeff has, has addressed with his uh, kydex sias or sheaths. Um, but really, you can make a, a, a wooden saya. You can make, ideally, basically from anything, but ideally you want to make it from something that's going to be able to withstand a little beating, uh, which is where stabilize, uh, sta uh, stabilization comes in and helps make the wood a little bit more durable. Um, otherwise, you want to use some sort of straight grain wood that's got, or even curl. Like, curl's good, too. Um, mm. But... Um, something that's going to have a little bit more strength to it. Um, but honestly, I think Japanese sayas, like the traditional ones that come with all the, all the different styles of knives are just like made out of poplar. Like more than yeah. anything, it's just, it's basically an edge guard. And then it goes up from there. You, the, the fanciness goes up from there. So, um, but yeah, Jeff, I had, a, what, I had a tell chef us about who... your, your, yeah. Well, I, 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 it's a good question because I wonder, I wonder about like, obviously you wouldn't make the saya and then stabilize the whole saya afterwards. I mean, no. yeah, I no. wonder because I mean, I also wonder about the toxicity of the resin. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure for food safety. I don't know. I don't know the, I don't know the ins and outs of, you know, the whole situation, but I tell you what, I, I make the I make the Kydex cheese and I give them the cooks because they can put the Kydex cheese in their, you know, when they put their knife in, they can put it in their backpack without it cutting their thing, uh, cutting their mm. back apart. I had a chef who I was doing a, 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 like a prototype for his knife. He sent it back to me to just to make a couple changes. I mean, he had a pasta salad in the goddamn thing. It was like raviolis and shit in that, <laughs> in that saya. That is I mean, you've got to be kidding me. These guys are, these guys are slops. So I, luckily you can, you know, you get a little bit of, space in there you could you could blow it out because you got a little bit of hmm. the way i make them there's a little bit of room in the end that you can blow it out you got to be careful too because um if you're putting them in a professional dishwasher if the heat gets to a certain temperature it's gonna lose all its form like you don't need hmm. you know 200 250 degrees is gonna change your he's gonna you know soften the whole thing up you'll lose all their attention but oh. i always worry about i always worry about those size and i know that i know that isaiah Schroeder used to do those. I came to a shop once, and he made he makes like poplar, simple poplar, um, sias for you know knife companies once in a while. And I always wonder about like if you get the gluck in that, you get gluck in that sia, what are you gonna do? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you two guys have both worked in professional kitchens. How do most professional chefs store They're their knives? Pigs. They have like a knife roll, a knife they, bag, or do they do they leave them there in the place of <laughs> work? Pigs. Or what, what, what are people they doing? They are pigs. The ones that I, Fair my right. friends who are pigs, what they'll do is they'll get a sheet tray, and then they'll put a couple mm. side towels on the sheet tray, lay all their shit out, and then they'll get some plastic wrap and and then wrap the whole thing up. Sure. But it, right. when they go home at night, they gotta you know, they're they're pigs. These guys are pigs. Yeah. You think that they're all like tweet? They're all like surgical precision guys. They're fucking pigs. You gotta put the. You know, I mean, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, whole in that saya, you'll have a, you got a you know, three course meal in there on one night. <laughs> I mean, goddamn. That's disgusting. 
It's true. Yeah. You man, you so, get some so, gunk in your sire, they're gonna put some gunk in your sire. Yeah. So Jeff, with your um with your sheaths, your Kydex sheaths for chef knives, do you leave like a like a hole in them then so they'll drain out well, if I, they can be washed? I do the fold over on itself because in my opinion yeah. I think it's a lot of less work and the the the, the um the sires the sheaths become a little bit uh, lower profile. So for yeah. like a putting it in your backpack, it's not like a whole production to get it in your in your bag. But I mean, mm. as when you folding it over, that that kind of the tip always has a little bit of space. Yeah. A little pee hole at the end. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. You <laughs> You're calling it, it the sheep urethra. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, you guys went there. <laughs> Your little, you know, the urethra. <laughs> nice. You guys. This guy's looking for help. I, I get worried because I actually made uh, I made my sculptural size. I painted them like fishing lures, and I just mm. I've been using two by fours because I see these as like you know pine and poplar easy to kind of make it happen. But like sure. I would be you know if you don't put it away nice, <laughs> you're gonna have some gunk in your side. Yep. You know. But I worry about that too. I'd worry about that. I worry the hell out of that, especially if you like live by in a place with like a lot of humidity. I get freaked out when I send stuff to Florida. I always think like it's you know that you know I always push I always push stainless steel if you live by the water. Mm. Sure. All right, we got. Okay. A, you guys ready for another one? Next? Yeah, hit it. Yeah, sure. This one's from Sacco Knives. How do you guys go about hand sanding your plunges after they've come off the grinder? I find it tough getting the scratch marks out of there. Jeff's got some good tips mm-hmm. for this I one. I use a tip that I got from Jeff, actually. I saw Jeff doing in a video. Yeah, so um, like a like a paint stripper, um, one of those, and stick a little bit of um, paper around there, and you get right into the plunge lines. Like, nice. Sure. I have kind of abandoned those, like, super, super crisp plunge lines on culinary knives just because mm. it's just, like, it's relatively unnecessary, you know? Um, I was once talking to Aaron Wilburn and he said plunge lines, you don't need really need a plunge line on a chef knife. It's not really, you know, yeah. but like, depending on how you're doing it, I did start to use those kind of like a paint scraper or a spatula. And then that really did kind of focal, focal point, the, uh, sandpaper to get in that little corner. That was a huge, that was really pretty huge. So, mm, but I also, if I, if you're using a disc grinder and you're getting, you get some of that Rhino wet 800. Um, after, you know, you go 220, 400 and 800, 800 clears up all those lines. You know, I don't, and I hate those little, the last line that you just can't hand sand out. So I'll use a disc grinder with a piece of 800 on there. And then I'll just kind of like very, very softly take that, uh, scratch out. And then I can say hand sand it much easier. I don't want to, I don't want to fight those. I don't want to fight those pesky lines. Yeah, mm, I, I yeah. was. That was going to be my tip. Was as as high of a grit as you can controllably take it to. Uh, it's going to be easier to hand sand out for sure. Um, I, I've also seen uh, makers use what is it? They're die die maker stones. So they're these tiny little mm. stones that are maybe uh, a, a centimeter by four millimeter by whatever long, yeah. and um, and you can get in there, and they're stones, and so they don't wear away super quick. They're usually some sort of uh, silicon, uh, silicon carbide or I maybe some of them are aluminum oxide, but I think most of them are silicon carbide. Um, so they're also pretty wear resistant. And if you're only using it to get down in there, um, you know, that'll last you a good long time to get in there. And you can get them from all the way down, I think like 120 grit all the way up to like 
10,000 grit if you really want to go crazy, but obviously that's a bit overkill. Um, but those I, die maker stones can get down in there pretty nicely. I hear that they're great except for the one criticism is that they're very brittle. Sure. Yeah. Uh, another trick that I learned from uh, Aaron Wilburn is those DTM stones, uh, the sharpening stones. Uh, they're, they're steels. They're mm. like these little mm. rectangular, they use it to sharpen knives with sometimes, I think DMT, DTM, something like that. And I actually bought a couple of those, and they're really DMT. good for kind of. Sure. It's not DMT. I don't need, they might be DMT. That might be it. But I don't know. It's, it's like a little rectangular piece that you can kind of get in there with them. And it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Whatever, dude. Give yeah. me some elbow grease, man. Come on, man. You know, <laughs> fucking stop with the plunge lines. A lot of guys don't even use plunge lines. Yeah, you can yeah. do it. Put your back into it. There you go. There you go. Boom. PF says the next one. Um, <laughs> how do you check a blade with a hormone for hardness? Do you even need? Do you even need to if the hormone is visible? He's saying it's obviously a harder, harder bit. Um, yeah. So you you you've hardened your blade. Um, there's a hormone, and even if it's not a with a hormone, you know, just a hardened blade where you've got your bevels in and they're ready to go. Um, how how would you check for hardness? And do you? It's mm. a good question. Sure. Um. So. A lot of people don't actually uh, check the hardness, not not very <gasps> commonly on the blade. They do it down at the, just at the handle transition where mm. it's not going to be seen. Um, ideally, if you did your heat treating right, it's the same hard, like if you're quenching the whole blade, especially if you're doing an oil quench, um, the, the hardness that's out at the tip of the, the knife and along the cutting edge is also the same hardness that's right there at that handle transition. Um, and that's also an easier place to get a super accurate, I think, um, from what I understand, the, the best way to get the most accurate measurements is to have perfectly parallel uh, yeah. and flat, clean surfaces. So not a 36 grit finish, but probably at least a 220 finish, if not higher. And then do, you do your indentation test right there, um, and that will give you the most accurate reading. And that way, mm. you don't have to do it out on the blade and potentially, you know, put that pock mark somewhere you're not going to be able to get it out. Um, yeah. So. So will mill scale affect the reading? Massively. Yeah. yeah sure. Which, in which direction? Um. At the soft. I don't know. Towards the yeah, soft side of things. It, if a clean blade will definitely give a different reading to right. one that's got a mill scale on, without a doubt. Yeah, and that's another. Yeah, you got to get below that that uh, decarb layer, which is usually you know it's nothing crazy. It's like maybe twenty thousandths at the most, but usually maybe like ten thousandths. Mm. Um, but you're talking microns, you know, for because obviously the way the the indenter works, it, it it's by the you know the amount that it goes into the steel. Right. So if it's got any sort of topping or coating on it, even even like a dusty blade, you know. It, it, you know, a dirty blade rather, that can be dirty. enough. Because you're talking microns with <laughs> dirty blade. <laughs> you're talking microns that that indented needs to go down. So, yeah. so yeah, that's that's a good question because I've been playing with the idea of um, because when you do indentation test, for those who don't know, if you don't have a hardness machine, um, it will leave like a like a like a prick mark, basically, a, you know, a, a dot where it's been indented in the steel. Um, and particularly if, you know, close to the cutting edge, if it's already ground, you're never going to get that back out. So I was playing with the idea of putting that somewhere um, quite specific on each blade hmm. 
And now I've got the laser sort of drawing a circle around that. So it looks a bit like a nipple. <laughs> and just having just having that the, the, the sort of certified hardness written written around that. You know, so each each blade is certified um, with it with its with its okay. hardness. I like that. And I was thinking, I was thinking maybe that that could be a thing, but then I don't know. Practically, it I think it just doesn't look good. There are so many um, companies that do that. They do, yeah, some do. Um, but I, you know, I don't think my customer is too concerned with that really. No. Nipples on the blade, urethras on the sheath. What else? <laughs> Fucking a. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good question because I'd imagine a lot of people maybe if they they're doing a hardness test just after heat treat, um, a they may not have the the blade completely cleaned up and to a sort of finished state, and b if they haven't put in their bevels yet, um, they could be generating a lot of heat when they're doing that, and maybe the hardness is shifting slightly. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Shall we move That's on? It. This comes from W. Crumb. Hey, guys. Got a question. Is there really a need for multiple quench cycles on 10 series high carbon steel? Some people do one and some people do six. How do you know how many times to temper before complex carbon steels like 80 CRV2 and 52100? This is really one of the questions. Love the planet. Blah, 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 blah. I love the show. I hate the planet. He said something. <laughs> he said, <laughs> "Bless Mother Earth." Uh, yeah. So uh, let's see. Really, the question. <laughs> so he's saying quench multiple quench yeah. cycles. He's saying like yeah. series high carbon steels. Um, I've I've never quenched more than once. Sure. I I mean I've done par quenches, but they're not full hardening quenches. So what I'm doing is I'm only quenching to get below the perlite nose. Um, and these are during my like grain refinement cycles, but it's it's not necessarily taking it all the way to martensite. Um, so effectively, I'm doing the same thing as an air quench. I'm just doing it in a shorter, or not an air quench, but air, letting it air cool to black. I'm just doing it a, a much shorter period of time, in, in a few seconds versus a few minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, the knife um, gets hardened one final time at the end, and that's it. Um, I think when we were talking, I mean, obviously if they want to go back, go into more detail, they can go check out Laren's book, Laren Thomas, Knife Steel Nerds on Instagram. Um, you know, he, he's got the in-depth information on all that stuff. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I think, um, we need to call this a day. I've got stuff I need to be doing today. I'm afraid. But being, so you mean, you mean, shall we finish? You mean like with your Broadback Ironworks grinder? <laughs> Well, no, because I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I said at the top of the show, I'm waiting for something very special to come from them, and I can't wait to tell everybody what it is. Um, but in the meantime, Jeff, tell us about your. They mind. sent me something special too. Broadback Ironworks sent me the new um, fullering and uh, integral bolster attachment, and I'm impressed with it. I have their grinder. I love their grinder, and um, I actually had something uh, wrong with it. They fixed the problem once something was wrong with it, and I called them up, and I was just like, "I they are, they sent me a part very quickly, and I thought, I I can't I don't have my grinder to use now. It was really depressing because I'm so spoiled by it. It's such a great grinder. Uh, it's super versatile, intuitive. You can do it side, you can have it horizontal or, or vertical. A giant platen uh, with actually removable plates. So if like you're worried about um, in, you know uh, grinding, sometimes your platen can wear away in one spot. 
for a couple bucks, they'll send you a replacement one for like nothing. It's cheaper to do that than make it yourself. Lots of attachments. This this integral bolster attachment is sweet. I'm I can't wait to give it a whirl. It's got all sorts of he's got they got different rollers for different sizes for your radiuses, or if you're gonna put in like a you want to put in a fullering line, you can use that too. Um, you, that would look sweet on your admirals. That would look sweet on my admirals, but I'm not gonna mm. do this one. I'll do it some <laughs> some other time. So, um, yeah, just remember, it was my idea. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was my yeah, idea. Yeah, <laughs> screwdriver on the tip of your knife too. Uh, so, uh, so you don't need a wrench to change anything. The parts are great. These guys are doing a nice job. They do a really nice job, and they get great customer service. Um, you need something, you can call them, you, or you can email them, and they get right back to you. Uh, the shipping's included, so you don't have to get, you know, the ticky-tack shipping's included. you got to put it together, and it's a great product, product, and they're constantly making evolutions of it. So um, go to broadbeckironworks.com, put in Knife Talk 10, get yourself a Broadback Ironworks grinder. I love mine. Right. I love mine. I, I have a few oh, other man. grinders. And Go ahead, Rick. What were you going to say? I was just going to say I really appreciate the flexibility of mine. Again, they, they have the one-and-a-half-inch tool arm, which is perfect because I actually already have a couple tool arms that I had from a grinder I built myself that I can use on the Broadback. And um, as a little teaser, I'm actually working with them to develop another arm um, that hopefully we'll be getting put together not too in the not too distant future and meditation get, get arm. out there and put to use. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you actually sit on it. <laughs> No, I'm just joking. Oh, have mercy. <laughs> That's a little too versatile, if you don't mind me saying so. A little too versatile and flexible. That's a little bit too... So they're, they're always innovating. I think that's For the main sure. thing. Yeah. So if, if you have a, a, a broad back um, in a year's time, it could well be something... Far... They're like the Tesla of, of grinders. Everything's compatible. They're always shipping new things with but it. But like, yeah. the yeah. things are very compatible. The way that they're designing these parts... It's very compatible, and there's a lot of gonna, they're going to be probably doing a lot of upgrades, and everything's going to. It's almost like a computer, like adding, you know, adding upgrades. It's it's a, it's a they do yeah. a great job. Vince and Ryan do a great job. I'm looking forward to hearing about what you're doing with them, Marco. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whether this attachment that you sit on comes in various sizes, what's going on? Going to have a seat. <laughs> okay. Mareko, what's the dream for the week? The dream is to get this knife out the door. This will be one of the fastest turnarounds um, that I've had in a while, which will be great so I can get the hell moved on with the next project, which would be interesting, which is forging out uh, some Japanese carpentry chisels as well as a matching chef's knife, all from the same material. That should be a fun and challenging project, and that will <laughs> probably take me a little while. But anyways, yeah, getting things finished up and moved on. I'm nervous about the presentation today. I was nervous yesterday, but I just I just need to go with it and just get through the first five minutes. Just be organized, and you'll be, be great. Yeah. Be organized, you'll be great. And be okay. great. Mm. Cool. <sighs> Jeff. I'm minorly shitting my pants right now. But I mean... Minorly, but what, what's that? It's like kind of a little bit too of, much coffee. There's a little bit of you know leakage. There's a little bit of leakage. <laughs> oh, no, oh, if I'm talking Christ. figuratively now. Uh, I have. I'm going to do this uh, cooking. I'm going to do this cooking segment with uh, Chef Charlie Palmer on Thursday, uh, one o'clock Eastern Standard. Uh, no, uh, one o'clock Pacific Standard Time and four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And we had our first meeting on what we're going to do. 
the ball breaking has has started with him and me, and it's going to be fun. And 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 uh, Tony is hopefully Tony might come up to help me, and uh, hopefully he's going to be there. We'll have some fun. We got a great. I, it's like we have a, our menu is going to be very good because it's going to be very uh, a lot of history with uh, metal workers. So there's going to be a lot of uh, it's going to be a cool segue between culinary and metalworking, and it's going to be neat. And um, I have to do some uh, practice runs on the recipe, Tony grab me a recipe he made wrote up a recipe that i gotta practice today and then uh see how fast and i gotta work within the confines of a sh- short amount of time and i want it to be i want to have enough time so i can break their balls as well so because i can't just be you know staring down at the table and you know i gotta look like i'm you know i only gotta look like number one i gotta look like i don't care <laughs> number two it's gotta look right <laughs> i can't be like nervous like some of the people he gets them. So remind everybody. Uh, so it's Thursday. What Thursday time is one? Uh, uh, it's four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And what will happen is we're going to record it, and I'll have it in my highlights. And then, right. um, and then I'll probably do a rundown on the Full Blast podcast. I got uh, John and Cliff coming in, and we're going to do our. You know, we couldn't make we couldn't do anything for Maker Camp. Well, obviously I couldn't because my cat died. That's a perfectly good ex- ex- answer for why I didn't do anything, right? Um, and then uh, we're going to do a rundown of Maker Camp. And then I'm going to talk about it. Uh, I'll give a big thing about it. So I'll try not to shit my cool. pants. But I mean, that might be good for the Instagram, you know? <laughs> um, my week. The dream is I'm going to get a, a bit of a head start on the these camp knives. So I'm prepping everything ready for heat treat. So if I get get to the end of the week and I've got all 55 heat treated, I'll be I'll be very happy because I'm going to do as much upfront work as possible as i can um especially with this anti uh scale coating as well i'm hoping that i can get a really nice finish um before heat treat um so that would put me in really good stead then because they're they're basically you know finished ready for lasering apart from bevels and handles so yeah that's the plan this week lots of prep work and lots of heat quick question does that stuff easy to come off after you quenched it how does it how does it does it come off when you quench it or I've painted one this morning ready um, so I can heat treat and see how it comes off. But according to the label and what I've been reading, um, it, you just give it a tap and it sort of crumbles Into off. Into your oil. Almost like like, almost like, a, like like salt. If you like bake something in salt, and, you know, afterwards you can just sort of crumble it off. Oh, yeah. Um, do every apparently it's every very Wednesday similar. night is salt baked Wednesday. I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> Baking salt. I, I'm sure you... Uh, <laughs> You call yourself a chef? I never call myself a chef, but I've no chance on. You got no chance on Thursday. Oh, oh, so what are you doing? I'm going (laughs) baking salt. Everything's going baking salt. What hot dogs today? Yeah, baking salt. You're baking everything in salt. Uh, But apparently, it's 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 as easy as it will crumble off if you just give it a a light tap. It'll it'll crumble off. Fucking Gordon Ramsay over there. Oh, baking salt. You fuck Francis Malman. Yeah. Uh, Well, actually, whilst we're talking about. you just mentioned hot dogs again. That you sent me an Instagram. Um, I think it was just yesterday of that those hot dog sausages coated in like a cheese on top, and they look filthy. They look. Well, you have to explain filthy. it to the guests, <laughs> to our listeners. Yes. So basically, there was like a like a like a grill, uh, a flat grill, or a planche, they call them over here, and um, they they um, had a hot dog sausages on there, but then they put a load of cheese on there on as the well, plate. Cook the cheese on the plate cooked it just a little bit so you could then wrap it around the hot dog sausage and you put it on a stick and add it like a lollipop and it was this cheesy <laughs> sausage i don't think i'm selling no, it to you but it looked 
He looked filthy. He looked <laughs> you good. like a wrapped up dog. Like a wrapped up wiener. <laughs> like a wrapped up wiener. That's a show. That's a show. So yeah, good luck to Jeff on Thursday. Um and we shall speak about it next week, I'm sure. Yeah. So remember to hit subscribe um, on whatever platform you're using to listen to. Uh, reviews are always good if you want to give us a review on iTunes. And remember to follow us on Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram if you've got any questions for us. And whilst we're there, follow us if you don't already. If you don't already, who the hell are you? <laughs> um, so Momasi Fire yeah. Arts is, um, is Mareko on Instagram. Um, Fader Knives is Jeff on Instagram. And I'm Chop Knives on Instagram. With one so, yeah. P. Make sure you follow us one all. P. With Sorry, one P. Chop Knives. With one P. Yes, definitely with one P. Um, we shall speak to you next week. Bye for now. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.